Welcome back to the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series where we explore the 12 pillars of mindful leadership that unlock your ability to create more profit, more focus, more productivity, and much more satisfaction. Let's jump in. Okay, so Eric, I'm so excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about clarity, vision, intention, commitment, and habit. So this is like action. This is where we actually start applying this stuff. And I love that. But before we jump in, I wanted to just have you just share a little bit about why do we need clear vision? I mean, I know that sounds like an obvious question, but I'd love to hear you kind of unpack that a little bit so we understand like why it really matters. Well, we have some 6,000 thoughts a day and we're, we're just wired by culture and our parents and everything else. We just have a lot of baggage, you know, And if we want to take our own intentional actions, we need to spend a little time, you know, clearing things out, being present. And I mean, clarity is the the first two pillars is mindfulness and getting purpose are, are the keys to having clarity. And that clarity is important because if we just set a vision on top of a jumbled mess that most of us are, it's just going to be more of the same thing. You know, I need more cars and a bigger house, you know, and I ought to take a trip somewhere. And those are all great things, and I'm not against any of them. But uh, having a having that uh, mindful purpose and setting a vision from a clearing, a clearing or a clear space really gives you some assurance that it's your vision. It's not just a mirror of what society has been, you know, more or less vomiting on you for <laughs> your whole life, you know? And I, I, and I, for one, think this is where the society we need to go is individuals need to get clear and take their own actions because the collectiveness we're getting from social media and media and government and everything else is it, just not helpful. We need to be able to, you know, stand on our own two feet and say, no, this is what's important to me. You know, my parents gave me what they gave me. I love them, but it's my life now. Here I go. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's huge to really own your own vision. And and you may have a lot of the same things that your folks had and, you know, the other things had, and that's fine. But taking a prison that, yeah, no, this is really mine. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Well, you talked about these 6,000 thoughts every day and I'll... I'll add to that some of us get 6,000 emails every day or text messages every day (laughs) and I don't anymore thank god but it it, life the point is that life fire hoses us a little bit so it's easy to be distracted it's easy to numb out it's easy to just it's go into that automation mode we talked about in the last episode um and and what I hear you saying is that it but it's only in our moments of mindfulness presence when we actually get quiet and still that we can access a, our clarity our vision for what because to me otherwise whose life are we living like if we're not actually creating any um free will right like if i'm not actually choosing and actively engaging with any deliberateness then i don't really know whose life that i'm living especially from mm-hmm. a business standpoint and I just refuse to believe the purpose of life is just to figure out who gets the biggest house and the fastest car, mm. you know? And those, I love houses, I love cars. But I just refuse to believe that that's the purpose of our life, that we're all in this race 
of accumulation, you know, and uh, sure, we need to get, I mean, uh, stats show, you know, over about $80,000. People don't get happier. They just get more stuff. And stuff is great as long as we don't look for our happiness in it. Yeah, I would I would say, too, that life can't also be just about getting everything done because it, it looks like that sometimes. Like, yes, oh. I checked all the boxes. Yes, I crossed out all the things on my to-do list. Like, that's like, woohoo, now I get to celebrate. But was there any meaning in that? Like, do, was there any presence in that or did I just get it all done? It can't. It can't be that. Well, and clarity gets lets you decide what's on your list. Yeah. You know? So many of us are checking off the list of keeping up with the Joneses or what, you know, all these different things versus, okay, no, this is my list. Now, I can get around getting that list checked off because I created it and it's what's important to me and it's what I've decided will fuel myself and will give me energy, you know, that's going to, you know, fuel my purpose and give me energy. But if I just have a list, as you say, that all the thing is I'm just a checker offer, it's exhausting. Yeah. And and it's and it's what we have the world is moving so much faster. We'll never get you're right. We'll never get it all done. Yeah. Yeah. I so love- pick picking what we decide to get done and what we decide to is not on my list anymore is yeah. huge. Yeah, I love how Stephen Covey talks about the big rocks, right? Like figuring out what are your big rocks. So we have a lot of obstacles to that, though, and we've touched on some of them, this idea that just life moves very fast, Mm -hmm. we're inundated, we're not always aware, we're not always conscious, Mm -hmm. we're sleepwalking. What are some of the other blind spots? You go through many of them in your book that really narrow our vision so that we're not really seeing the bigger picture. Well, all of our judgments are blind spots. I mean, we're constantly judging ourselves and other people. Uh, it's very fast, it's very efficient, but it's very limiting. And when, we, when, we're, we're, when we're judging things, we're not considering them fully. We're labeling them and, you know, setting them off to the side. So I think that's a, that's a big one. Criticism of ourselves, uh, just how how sabotaging we are of ourselves so much. We try to get really clear in our nine-month mindful leadership program. One of the things, we, we just try to get really clear on what what sabotages are we putting out there. You know, if we're not aligned with what we're really trying to do, then the parts of ourselves sabotage ourselves. And that's very self-defeating and hard to make real progress. So that can be a blind spot. I know that I'm not making progress. What's happening? Well, if I got a purpose, yeah, I got a purpose. Okay, well, how am I sabotaging it? You know, could be my anger, could be, you know, uh, a lot of different things could, that could be getting in the way of me actually achieving the vision that I create. So awareness is how I start watching those things. It can accurate feedback. Some feedback can really help too. Sometimes that's why a coach or a therapist or a program or some or a support group can with that's willing to give you some candid feedback sometimes can say you know this is how you came across to me or this is what i noticed you do and that can be really helpful with blind spots because they're 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 called that because we, we don't see them <laughs> right awareness is the first thing starting to be aware and being open to hearing it and and having enough confidence to say you know i'm going to be okay i'm going to deal with this 
you know, this is a fork in the road. I'm going to deal with this stuff. But then it may, some, some accurate feedback from somebody can be really helpful too to uncover those blind spots. Yeah, I really think that probably many of us can look at our lives and see where we don't seem to be creating the results that we want. You know, I, like, why do I, why am I stopped here? Or why do I feel like there's a ceiling here? Or why do I feel like I, I never seem to be able to deliver on this thing that I say that I want? And, and the place to look, you're right, is exactly is the blind spots, right? Is it, is it my thinking? Is it, is there some of out of alignment? Is it self-doubt? Do I have some limiting beliefs about this thing that I say that I want or how I go about getting it. So yeah, so I think pausing in order to get that clarity and then in order to create a vision. You talk about how presence is curative. You said when the light of presence shines on an issue, it starts to change. Presence is curative. Can you say more about that? Yeah, a lot of times we don't have to do anything about things other than just be aware of them. You know, we just start noticing them. And we'll start our, our, our own system, bodily, biological, conscious system, will start to move around it. It's kind of like, like, you know, water, when it goes down the stream and it has a rock, it just kind of moves around and comes back again or whatever. It just, you know, things just change. And that's why I say a lot of times I'll just, and somebody has something, I'll say, well, just start noticing it. And, and if it's a real problem, write it down when you notice it, because that'll make it even more in your stream, you know, some journaling, that kind of stuff. But sometimes trying to fix something makes us focus on it more and it expands. It isn't even, you know, it's good. But so noticing it, not, and the other thing is, you know, stop beating ourselves up when we do it. Just have a sense of humor about, oh, there I go again. Oh, gone it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do something different. When we start going, stupid, why did you, how did you do that again, dummy? That actually closes our mind down, reduces our awareness around it, reduces the consciousness, and actually counterproductive. But if we can have some openness around it and look at the, oh, I did that again. Huh. Well, we try this, you know, and, uh, but awareness around it is huge. Yeah, what I hear you saying is that sometimes awareness opens a doorway to action and sometimes that it's just the true awareness. It's just having the awareness that suddenly makes it shifts our perspective. We just see that it's differently. So let's talk a little bit more about vision. You you define it in the book as the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination and wisdom. I love those two words, imagination and wisdom. How does presence intersect with vision? Uh, well, to have a clear vision, right? So, and also, I mean, the the the, the science is showing, and the, and I'm not saying that it's all everybody's all agreed on this, but that so much of our life we are just creating that, like biocentrism with Robert Lanza just says, you know. The universe is what we're each creating, and we share the universe. If you get in that world a little bit, and I can just tell you, there's some studies that are just unbelievable. Like just the the basketball one, they had a group of that's that shot basketball free throws, and one that just visualized it. The ones that practiced free throws was a 24 percent improvement. The ones that just visualized it was a 23 percent improvement. We are actually creating things like they're real. It's just a human phenomenon or a conscious phenomenon that 
they're not physical action is taken, but you can actually move them mentally, you know, through visioning. So if you want to have your life go in a certain intentional direction, the practice of visioning is huge to get you started on that direction. And I'm not saying it'll happen for you every time exactly that way, but it'll set you in that direction. Mm. Yeah. What you're saying is we're we're always creating regardless of whether we notice we're not. We're always creating in our relationships, creating in our lives. What would it be like to bring awareness to what, what it is that we're creating and then maybe some intention so that we're creating what we actually want to be creating? What are we creating when I can't do when I say I can't do something? You know, what are we creating? We're creating our inability to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it. And I also believed in being realistic about it. You know, I'm I'm five ten, and you know I'm not going to be in the in sixty five. I'm not going to be in the NBA. You know, <laughs> so also being realistic about those, but that setting that vision out there and 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 actually practicing it. So we do in our programs, we we do visualization practice as part of a morning routine. Actually, visualizing those goals and objectives and things we wanted to do, and emotionally taking ourselves there like they're already complete. Just taking ourselves there like it's totally complete. Total mindset shift. About once we're there, then that takes that I can't do it away and says, no, I got that now. I have that feeling now. It's empowering. So the next two steps are, or the next two components, elements, however you want to say it, are intention and commitment. So how do those two factor in? We speak to those two a bit. Yeah, intention is 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 you know, is energy. It's like pushing something towards something. It's your intention. You have uh, sublineal things that are just working towards something. When you have an intention, I spent, uh, well, nine months in a formal program and longer than that studying shamanism. And it's intention is just so huge to what we do and what, how things happen. So when I intend to have something happen, there's, you know, in the background of energy works towards that. If I don't have that intention, it's much harder to move it. Uh, commitment. And if you would, I, I'm going to, can I put in commitment and habits together? Sure. Because they just work so well together. So commitments is, is, is what gets me started. You know, I get this thing and say, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this action. Habits are what make it easy, what makes it automatic, what, what makes it efficient, because I have a habit around it. So... Once I have my vision, intention, and commitment, it, I have to make sure my habits are aligned with that. My commitment is I'm committed to that vision and taking the actions around that. Habits are what happens when I'm not paying attention, right? All that like 95% of the time or 99 or whatever it is. So I have to work hard and that's why a routine is important and practice is important. I have to, one, I have to identify habits that are contrary to those commitments, vision, intention. And I have to work on getting away from those habits and I have to create habits that reinforce it. Because if I have commitments that are contrary to my habits, as soon as I'm not paying attention, the habits win. And that's sabotage. That's That'll take me down. So I work really hard. And then, then if I can align those habits and work, and I, it takes more time than I think most, most studies, say that it takes. I think it takes a while 
and we can get more into that if you want to, but it takes a while to get those habits to support. And then what happens is I'm working on those intentions, commitments, and vision 24-7 because my habits and everything are working towards that. Even when I'm just here present and not consciously thinking of that thing, my habits are working in the background rather than sabotage me. They're working towards the goals and objectives that I set and I trained them to work on. It's, it's a beautiful system if you train it. If you don't train it and you don't take control of it, it can work against you. And that's why sometimes we're just miffed. Like, how did I screw that up again? You know, I had every, I, I, I said I was going to do that. I wrote it down. I did all that stuff. How did it not work? Well, could be that you didn't have your habits trained. So they'd support you. And then I'd say, when I fall off my habits and that happens, I mean, life happens, vacations happen, sickness, you know, pandemics, all that stuff, get me off of that. My commitment's what gets me back on the horse again. Okay. I had that week where it was just off. I'm going, Monday is starting again. It gets you back on and the habits are easier to reestablish. So it's a very good reinforcing system, commitment and habits. Yeah, I think about habits as like the wheels, right? Like, oh yeah, you can so I love that. The, I love, I love that. You can have all the intention and commitment, and that I look at that as like motivation and enthusiasm. Like I, I'm in. Like I remember I saw a physiotherapist a couple months ago to just help me with just a really sore muscle that I had. And so I was like, I'm so excited. I'm going to see her and I'm going to learn these exercises and I'm going to start strengthening this area and I'm going to get better. And, and you know, within a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, what a waste. You know, it, I haven't done it. And I and what I thought of was like, what's wrong with me? Why, you know, why didn't yeah. I must I, I must not have been committed. I must not have had a, better, a good intention. But the truth was, I just didn't stop long enough to say, OK, where am I going to put this in my life? Now I have these 15 minutes of exercises I need to do twice a week. Where do they go? I had to actually kind of build the wheels. And once I did that, it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't I haven't missed a week. And, and finding a way to make it a habit. I mean, it takes something. It takes the willpower. It takes the commitment. It takes the intention. It takes all that kind of stuff to form it into a habit. And then the habit can take a life on its own. You know, then the habit can support you. And take that thing on, even on the days when, you know, on my mind is just, you know, that, you know, I got a podcast and oh my, oh my God, I'm just all of a sudden I'm doing that 15 minute exercise. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of free resources on the, on your website that actually really help people in that habit process, you know, especially around creating a habit around meditation or uh, yeah. you know, body scanning exercises, all the mindfulness uh, exercises that we could use to start expanding our presence. And it's livinginthegap.org forward mm -hmm. slash free dash resources. And I'll link to that in the show notes so people can get yeah, access great. to that. But is, is that a big part of your habit system? Is that one of the ways that you stay living in the gap is that you have these habits of mindfulness of presence? Can you speak to those a little bit? Oh, totally. Totally. I, you know, it, with forming them, it's very important to start small and be consistent. It can be counterproductive to jump in and say, I'm going to meditate 10, 20 minutes a day when we start, because we have all that jumbled 6,000 thoughts a day and all the judgments and all the other stuff. And if we just go there and try to do that, I can't tell you how many people have said, I can't meditate. I've gone up there. It's just too crazy. Well, go do less, you know, do two minutes and try to do that and then try to extend it. And so the consistency of it is, in my experience, more important than the length of time. 
So we start with two minutes and, and in our programs up, you know, over about six months, get people about 10 minutes. Sometimes that's just all that people ever do is that much. Some move up to, you know, my practice has been going on for 20 plus years and it's 20 minutes for meditation. I do other things, but it's a, it's a practice that I have a number of things that I do. I do gratitude. That's the lowest hanging fruit, I think, just as an immediate mindset shift of, of, uh, expressing gratitude. I, I, I'm a voracious reader, but trying to read, you know, five or 10 pages of a, of not just any book, but a book that is working towards your goals and visions that helps you be the person that you want to be. Because the other thing is those thoughts keep going on, but once I clear them out with a little meditation, what am I going to fill it in with? When those thoughts come up, it'd be much better if that thought came from a book that I was reading this morning that said, oh, you know, forgiveness. Oh, gratitude. So I do that. I do affirmations, which is sort of that same thing. So what's going to automatically come up to me? Well, something I've trained, you know, something I've trained myself to do. Um, so I have an, an affirmation and I do, I do in my journal, I have probably almost 30 affirmations. They say 30 days. I usually find it takes at least 90 for me, but I have about 30 of them that I say one time. Some people say them, say them are fine too, writing them, say them, so do what works for you one time. And then I have a new affirmation I do about 25 times that I'm training myself just to say, boom, you know. Uh, and what else do I do? I do mindful movement. I get in my body. I think that that is really learning to control your energy is learning how to get in your body. You know, how to, and you want to play with your energy and learn and also stress. If you can take this and dissipate it down in your body a little bit, it gives it a bigger uh, mass to go over and it can really reduce stress. Yeah. I do a little bit, all of it. What I love about what you're saying is that you have these habits first part in first part of the day, you know, before the rest of the world gets you (laughs) as you set your mindset like you are it's like the rudder of your day you you now navigate who do I want to be what matters to me what am I focusing on what am I going to pay attention to how do I want to show up and I I say that because our next episode is going to be completely on mindset but I really wanted to just plant that seed of like wow what would it be like to start your day actually wielding your mindset rather than the life just showing up and you just you know you get what you get it's like imagine it's you actually set sail in the exact way that you want to sail and in the direction you want to be sailing. Like, it's just so amazing. And then you step out the door and you got no flipping idea what's going to (laughs) happen. You know, it comes at you, you know, whatever it is. And, and I'm not perfect at it, but can I turn that, you know, catch myself and turn it into something that is more positive than negative. Because it's for sure, I think, you know, life is how I deal with it, not what it comes at me, but how I deal with it. Yeah. You know, can I deal with it? And the other thing is, was at a talk the other day, uh, people saying problems, problems. Yeah, well, I don't, mindfulness is not going to eliminate your problems. It's, you know, people still get cancer, people still get accidents, people, you know, all kinds of things. But what I have found is it gives me a bigger space in which to deal with it. And I'm much less likely to make it worse. So often our reactions to things make them worse. If we just receive them and listen and then sometimes they solve themselves. 
you know, depending on what it is, if you're just there. And then also you're just a calmer space that you're not reacting and just making things worse all the time. That That is a huge practice, you know, just being that that container that can just accept it and, and know that you can deal with it, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till we get into the mindset talk, but this has been really great just hearing about habits, hearing about your habits. I really loved hearing about that. So thank you. I loved our time together today. You're welcome. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Profit with Presence podcast miniseries. For more details about tools or links we may have discussed in this episode, and to learn more about Eric's Mindful Leadership Program, visit www.livinginthegap.org. Bye for now.